This is the Clutch Pick Sports Betting Podcast. My name is Sheldon Alexander. Welcome to this week's episode as we count down to conference championship weekend in the NFL. Yes, we've done 22 episodes of this pod. We've made it through. And you know what? So far through the playoffs, I am just sitting and splitting everything. Two and two week last week, bringing the season totals to 141, 134, and seven. Of course, we will break it all down with my guy, man, the myth, the legend that is Mr. Matt Russell. I know you had an eventful playoff so far, an eventful you know, not only wild card weekend, but divisional round weekend as well. How are you as we head into the conference championships, my dude? It's the combination of like, we need more games to keep the heater on, you know, on the tracks here, but we also need to get out of the season as fast as we possibly can before the inevitable, you know, as you like to say, the wave (laughs) might, might turn, you know, we talked last week about divisional weekend or excuse me, wild card weekend being you know you never know where the money's coming from when it comes to you know betting and we just hit all these you know long shot touchdowns and that was kind of the strength of wild card weekend well last weekend hit a few more long shot touchdowns and swept the uh the board ats 4-0 against the spread last weekend so a uh, little mix and match of uh being profitable on player props anytime touchdowns and of course you know, a four and O sweep, which, you know, is, is going to, uh, is going to help the ledger um, when there's only 13 games, you know, in the postseason. So we got three of these things left. We have to dive in, you know, a little bit deeper. There's going to be more props uh, available. There are going to be, I guess not more anytime touchdowns, but certainly more props for each game. And then we're going to get, of course, dialed in for the Super Bowl where it's props, 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 and more props. So um, I think we're at a point in the playoffs here where we've made enough money that we can kind of, you know, at least say that we're pretty much guaranteed to be profitable no matter what happens going forward. But there's no reason to try to give some of this stuff back, right? No, we want winners. Yeah, Who doesn't want winners? Winners will be coming. And I know normally we will start the pod by doing the games chronologically, but I think I want to go the other way around just because, you know, I think I'll save the Chiefs matchup because it's a bigger matchup to discuss a little later on, if that makes sense. Sure. For no rhyme or reason, suspense will build up to the big game. The bigger game, I should say. Because I don't want to disrespect the Lions. The Lions have been doing their thing. You know, they're here. But I think we know which side I'm going to be on here. But we will still discuss. (laughs) Lions at the Niners. Niners at home and favored by seven points in this one. As mentioned, I am on the San Francisco 49ers. I will lay the seven points. I don't like laying the seven points. I'll start there. Right, That's a lot of points to be laying in the playoffs, especially after watching the San Francisco 49ers escape last week because that was an escape um aid yeah yeah um the biggest thing here is i am constantly checking the weather report to see if there is rain involved at any point because one thing that has been broken down by every niners reporter supporter and everyone in between is rain brock purdy's hand size and can he grip the ball in the rain because if that happens it's an automatic fade next year we have to write that down because we witnessed it happen last week yeah um also though i would like to say i i'm I'm pleading to my gosh mr shanahan here okay when there's weather no when debo is out Mm. and your quarterback can't even throw screen passes with confidence (laughs) 
How about you use Christian McCaffrey more than 17 times? Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just tossing that out there yeah. as an idea, a concept, Viable. shall we say. A concept, yeah. shall we say. But either way, all that to say, as we head into this week, I'm I'm laying the, the seven points with the Niners because I just think as much as the Lions are a great story, the Lions, I think, are a really good team. They are here. They are ready. But I feel like they've won. They've already won. They're, this is a great season for the Lions. They made the conference championship. Yes, they will put up a fight. I really do think so. But I think the Niners getting the scare last week, they'll be scared straight, so to speak. <laughs> and they'll be ready for this game. I'm laying the seven points with the Niners. And I know that I will be on my own because the majority of the world will be on the Lions and want to see the Lions win. It's a, it's a feel-good story. I get it. But also, you know, they got some oomph behind them. Yeah, I, listen, at this point, you know, we can, I, I'll put it this way. I feel like we can use the whole, like, you know, they're playing with house money or, or, or you know, they've already considered the, the season a win thing, um, you know, for teams like the Texans last week, where it's like, yeah, you want a playoff game, you get to the divisional run. Once you get one step away from the Super Bowl, like, these are legit teams. And listen, you know, if you're a 49ers fan, which you are, I think this is kind of one or the first of many here against uh the Detroit Lions and honestly if you really think about it the NFC North entirely because I think you know eight months from now we're going to be talking about the the NFC North in its entirety and going like man that division is going to be a problem for the rest of the league whereas I think you know listen this is stuff for for next season so don't let me get bogged down here whereas I think you know the Philadelphia Eagles are you know headed for some problems here going forward and you know I don't expect no matter who uh, gets hired as the various head coaches in the NFC South it's going to be um and much of a turnaround for any of those teams right so the Lions right now kind of have this like you know one foot one step ahead in the north in the NFC North where you've got Minnesota and Chicago who I think are fully capable going forward of being problematic so this to me, you know, looks like a game that might be sort of the first of a trilogy, you know, for sort of three, four, five years from now. So this isn't like, okay, you know, you know, the fluky lions, whatever, whatever, right? Like, you know, the culture change in Detroit has been well documented. You know, NBC has done a nice job in the last couple of weeks of talking about not just obviously Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell, but the general manager, the ownership differences, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, this Lions team under Dan Campbell, who at this point, like, talking about purely head coaches and I'm, you know, I'm kind of, you know, one of my sort of off season things is going to be kind of rethinking the way that I think of head coaches, especially as what a quarter of the league changes their head coach. And we just see the chargers, you know, add, you know, former 49ers coach, Jim Harbaugh is like, what does a head coach truly mean with regards to the day to day and the game to game culture with setter, man. Yeah. Culture setter and like high level decision maker, as far as, you know, managing the game is concerned. And honestly, I think Dan Campbell is a better head coach than Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> I do. And, you know, it's funny. Oh, it's, it, it, like, it, you'd laugh at it because it's like, wait, what? But it's like, he's not a better coordinator. He's mm-hmm. he's not a better offensive coordinator. He's probably... If, no, if no, Kyle, no, I, I know if what you're made, saying. If you were in a, sort of a weird universe where you, Kyle Shanahan could only be a defensive coordinator, Kyle Shanahan is probably a better defensive coordinator than Dan Campbell would be. It's why I always sort of talk about, like, coordinators, 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 mm-hmm. and why this stuff matters. And it's why we're going to put more, even an even bigger emphasis in it in the off season and leading up to next season into who are the coordinators of each team, because those are the guys who are moving the chess pieces around. But when it comes to like actual decision-making going for it on fourth down trick plays, having your team ready, you know, for trick plays, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Like 
it honestly is the reason why Andy Reid managed to beat Sean McDermott last week. And it's honestly the reason why Kyle Shanahan almost lost that game last week to the Green Bay Packers. And so I don't know that I'm, I have the better head coach here if I'm taking the 49ers, you know, minus the seven points. But that's sort of the bigger picture thing. The sort of smaller thing is like, okay, let's get it, dig into the market, what the number was supposed to be, why the number is, you know, what it is. If you think about it this way, in the middle of the season or sort of to the latter part of the season, where the, as we talked about on a weekly basis, the 49ers were a, uh, you know, like being rated historically great, right? We talk about our, you know, we always do our numbers out of 100. We sort of talk about the 80 being kind of like this threshold that if you go past 80 out of 100, you are then sort of a historically great team, a team to be, you know, not to be trifled with. And the 49ers are rated that high. Once they became rated that high, I believe that game was the, it might have been the Thanksgiving game against Seattle, or at least going into that game. Once they got rated that high, they were two and three against the spread the rest of the way outside. And that's not, and that's not even including the week 18 game, which was obviously a fake game, right? <laughs> They'd be two and four if we included that. But two and three the rest of the way, which just shows like, it's really hard to kind of measure up to being like historically great or sort of considered from a perception standpoint to be historically great. And so if this point spread existed in that time, the number would be higher than seven. It'd be eight. I mean, think about it this way. They were like, what, 15, 14 and a half point favorites to like Seattle, which like Seattle isn't that far off from Detroit from a rating perspective. Now Detroit goes and they cover all these games and, you know, listen, maybe could have, should have, would have covered the wildcard game, but certainly covered last week, though that got a little bit dicey. And you go, okay, I, I you know, San Francisco has to come down, which is why they're not, you know, minus eight. They come down to minus seven based on just kind of rating alone. But then you have obviously the Debo Samuel question mark here, right? And like, how much does he matter to the point spread one way or another? And then you have the Lions sort of question mark where you go, all right, we've seen the Lions play a lot of indoor games recently, and now they go outdoors. And, you know, you mentioned the, the Brock Purdy, you know, weather situation. It's like, have we heard this before where you want to sort of be on the ball when it comes to weather conditions for a quarterback? Oh, yes, I believe we have. And that gentleman's name is Jared Goff, right? <laughs> and so you kind of have these two quarterbacks here like, I don't really want it to be rainy or windy or anything like that. And so you go over to our you know, friends over at AccuWeather.com and you go and you check in the, the forecast for Santa Clara on Sunday. And what does it say? Great day for a football game. Like perfect weather for a football game. And you just go... Okay, good. Because it, it shouldn't come down to sketchy weather for Brock Purdy. It shouldn't come down to sketchy weather for Jared Goff either. Mm -hmm. So I look at this from a point spread standpoint, and I think seven is kind of the right number for right now. I'll be interested to see, interested to see, you know, listen, we're not going to get any news on Debo Samuel until basically Sunday, right? Like, yeah. one, there's no reason for the 49ers to even tell us that, like, he's going to play. There's obviously enough, well, you know, good enough reason to list him at questionable at you know, sort of the very most obvious you know, uh, uh, standard that you'd, you'd set, given the fact that he missed the end of that game. And so you go, okay, we need to handicap this game with Debo Samuel, and we need to handicap this game without Debo Samuel. We have to do it relative to a key number, right? We're mm -hmm. on seven right now. And so, you know, there's one thing being like, okay, this has to move a half a point because of this, or the rating for this team goes up because of that. But when you're coming on or off seven, like that's a really big move. Three is the biggest move, of course, you know, on or off of uh, minus three from a key number standpoint. But seven is right there as well, especially when we get into like the new overtime rules where you're going to be kicking extra points if you score first because the other team gets the ball, you know, at least once. 
So all of a sudden, you know, six and a half and six doesn't really mean as much when you don't, because you're not, you know, you have to worry about that extra point. So seven is a really key number. And I think this it's a pretty solid number. I'll be interested to see if Debo Samuel gets ruled out for this game. Do we come back off of seven and go to six and a half? Because earlier when this line was open, we were toggling between six and a half and seven, meaning that if you wanted San Francisco minus six and a half, you had to pay minus 115, minus 20, minus 120. If you wanted the Lions at plus seven, you had to pay minus 115 or minus 120. Right? It's kind of like the Chiefs and the, and the Bills last week um, with minus three. And then you know, over the course of the week, even though Debo Samuel hasn't looked particularly any more closer to you know being healthy for this game the line has ticked up where we are at a flat seven right now so you don't have to worry about that in fact you actually are getting a bit of a, a discount on taking minus seven meaning we are getting closer and closer to seven and a half and so if Debo Samuel is ruled in for this game I think we're going to get to seven and a half mm -hmm. and if he's ruled out I could see it going back to six and a half if it comes off of seven at all so you know you have to sort of go, okay, how much does Debo Samuel necessarily matter? Obviously, when you're watching that game last week, on the surface, you go, okay, like the plays just aren't the same, right? Like the 49ers become a more basic offense. They're a basic offense with really good players. Yeah, yeah. Right? Don't get yeah. me wrong. But they don't have the same like danger element of the screen pass to Debo. 1,000%. Yeah, yeah. Or the end around to Debo. Or, or even just like down by the goal line, him coming running across there, you know, ready to take a flip from Purdy and just run over some corner. I think too, though, like a big thing for me with the Niners and especially Shanahan, and I think this is part of the Shanahan haters, why they dislike him or think he's overrated is because there's a lack of adjustment. So I think, mm -hmm. I think like watching that game, it's like he came in with a game plan. This is the Debo game, mm -hmm. right? Like where we're yeah. feeding Debo and then Debo's out yeah. and he doesn't know what to do. Like he doesn't have the like counters to be like, okay, well, wait, do I just put someone else in Debo spot and fill him in and give him the screen passes, which we did see some weird, like, yeah, you get, to, uh, <laughs> you get Juwan Jennings and Ray Ray McLeod in your yeah, life. Yeah. And... Some Ray Ray McLeod action. That was like, come on, man, what, what are we doing here? Right. But what I'm saying is like coming into the game, knowing mm -hmm. that Debo is banged up or whatever, does that allow Shanahan to just come in with the game plan of, all right, we're going to go Kittle. We're going to go McCaffrey. And, I wonder if Debo, even if he's hurt, does he is he able to play decoy and and play, but not like you know we're not running the the A one Debo plays, yeah. right? Or I saw Ocho Cinco say, um, and I thought this was interesting. Um, he's like, I think Debo also needs to start making some business decisions. Like you don't have to run over three guys on every screen pass. And it's like, that's not Which really, is, it's what he does though. Right? Yeah. Like just literally to say when you're does. Ocho Cinco, who had zero interest in body contact of any kind, he was all business decisions. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, his, <laughs> yeah. His entire life's been a business decision right down to changing his name to Ocho Cinco <laughs> exactly. and have us like a decade later referring to him as Ocho Cinco. Um, so, oh, good. so going into this game, like, you know, I wouldn't make a bet just yet. There's no real reason to make a bet when it's yeah, just sort of you want to know what Debo minus said. seven, you want to know what that, what that is, but you also want to be prepared for what you want to do mm -hmm. if he's in or if he's out. Right. Correct. And so you have to look and you go, okay, well, like we kind of know what the deal is with when he's in. So what's the deal when he is out? And so you can look back at the season and obviously the big sort of red gash on the 49ers record here, literal when is he out. when he was out with that, that those three losses in a row. 
Mm-hmm. And you go, okay, like they are, you know, uh, I think they're 0 and 4 when he is like missed time mm-hmm. um, this season uh, uh, against the spread. And I think last, yes, last uh, week, I was going to say yesterday, feels like yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week's game was their one victory, right? Because they lost all three of those games during the season when he was out. And so that's very easy, but it's also a very sort of short term, small sample size type of a deal. And, and they also, were missing trends during some of those games and too. Trent Williams and Christian McCaffrey was injured, you know, in the, in mm-hmm. the Browns game too. And obviously like Brown's defense at home in, you know, blustery conditions. Like that's what we mean by small sample size where like you can punch holes in three games, whereas you can't really punch holes in say 30 games. I mean, you can yeah. probably still punch holes in 30 games to be honest, but you know, he missed time last year as well. And you can go back and look at last year's results and it's green, 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 W's, 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 right? And a bunch of covers as well. And you can go through and look at their you know, points per game and you can go through and you can look at their yards per play in those games. And so outside of the Cleveland game and last week, the yards per play has been basically like high sixes, low sevens, which is mm-hmm. very good, right? That would like lead the league essentially if yeah. they if they maintain that pace, right? So the 49ers offense doesn't really take a hit when Debo's not in the game unless it's Cleveland's defense at home and Christian McCaffrey's out and you've got conditions or the conditions that were last week. And so, you know, we're looking at this game going like, oh, my bet is going to ride on whether Debo plays or not because the offense wasn't exactly like locked in and clicking last week while potentially forgetting that part of that had to do with the fact that Brock Purdy, frankly, right up until the last drive and the last drive, like people going a little nuts about the last drive, because for whatever reason, Brock Purdy is a lightning rod where he either has to be the MVP of the league <laughs> or a terrible quarterback in the reality. No one between. Yeah. And the reality is like most things in life, he's probably Jared Goff. You know what I mean? He's probably somewhere in between. And, and and some people might think that's a compliment to say that he's like Jared Goff. And some people might take that as an insult, which is the funniest thing about like N- uh, NFL, um, you know, the diatribes in the NFL, right? Where it's like, okay, some people think this and some people think that. And you're like, okay, fine. You guys are all, you know, lost your mind. It's always, always somewhere in between. So to me, it's less about like what version of Brock Purdy are we going to get? Because if the 49ers, like you mentioned, with the game plan and having seen, you know, going beyond this past season when Debo was out and with the all the talent that they have and the matchup being a pretty soft Detroit Lions secondary and pass mm-hmm. defense, it's like, is Brock Purdy going to be better this week? And to me, the answer to that is like, yeah. I kind of think he is. And so I kind of, if I'm looking for to back the 49ers, I would be hoping that Debo gets ruled out as long as that comes with a line drop to six and a half. Yeah. And you can get that minus six and a half. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, as we sort of creep upwards to the point where we're almost at seven and a half right now, and you can, you know, if you have a, you know, I'm not going to start naming off sort of, third tier sports books that have him avail have them available at plus seven and a half with some with some juice but like if we get to a point with seven and a half and it say it's debo is in and we get to seven and a half which given the sort of trend here i would like the lions at plus seven and a half because like i kind of think i already know what i'm going to get from the 49ers which is conservative decision making a desire to just win the game a desire to keep a game close which is you know a fear of the other team which is the, at the end of the sec- uh, first half last week 
and the 49ers on third and two running 40 seconds off of the clock on third and two is just an, you know, it's, it's less about like, Oh, I don't trust this or that because honestly you just hand the ball to Christian McCaffrey two times and you're probably going to get it at least if not the first time, you're probably going to get it the second time. So it isn't even so much a trust of Brock Purdy. And that's the problem, as you know, like over the years with, with Shanahan, it, you know, it isn't. And that's the thing, like you mentioned haters, whatever, it's, there's no haters and lovers or whatever, whatever. It's just like, we're all sitting here as objective third parties or people who bet on or against. And in this case, I was both having bet against the 49ers from a point spread perspective, but holding a 49ers to win the Super Bowl perspective. I couldn't be more down the middle as far as like wanting the 49ers to win, but not win by that many. And that's the point. I don't want, I don't ever want to bet the 49ers to win by that many because I know their coach is going to turtle in these circumstances. He is, you know, think about it. Maybe that's at the end of the game where they have a three point lead. They're going to just, you know, burn clock and do the conservative thing. And so like if we get to seven and a half with Debo and God, if it goes without Debo, because I'm not, I'm not saying that Debo doesn't matter. I'm just saying that if he's going, if you're going to move off of a key number like this, you're going to want to be on the opposite side of that move. And so if he's in this game or he's not in this game and this goes to seven and a half, he's, if he's in it and it goes to eight, now mm-hmm. we're back to the projection that I mentioned from the middle of the season, which projects the 49ers as a historically great team. And again, they're against the spread record with that label on them has not been very good. So essentially it's like whatever comes of this line and goes off of seven, just take the other side so that you're capturing seven. What the bet that I'm going to recommend before the game starts, and you can make this as soon as you hear it, presumably if the, and cause the, it has, it is held steady throughout the week is on the total. The total is 50 and a half. It's the same exact total that it was last week against the Packers. And you'll say, well, Matt, like the, the total went under, and, you know, seemed like a pretty cold under at, you know, at, at halftime. Obviously, things got a little loose in that third quarter. We got to a point where essentially, you know, listen, I, call me crazy. I think if Anders Carlson makes that, I think it's Anders Carlson. I always get the Carlson brothers mixed up. If Carlson makes that 41-yard field goal to go up seven, like, I still think the 49ers score a touchdown, mm-hmm. right, to tie that game. And yeah. now we're tied at 24, and we're going to overtime, and we're going to go over the total of 50 and a half. And think about all the stuff that had to happen for that number to stay, you know, for that total to stay under the field goal for one being missed, but like rain deluge situation, quarterback, you know, trying to glove on, not trying to glove on, you know, obviously super, uh, uh, you know, cowardly decision-making at the end of the second quarter to, to not be able to get any points out of a drive that seemed headed for, honestly, at least a touchdown at the time. And, and honestly, just like, uh, you know, obviously a 40, uh, excuse me, a 49ers, a Packers team getting down close to the end zone in the first half multiple times and having to kick field goals over and over and over again. Yeah. If we take all of that circumstance that again was so close to going over and we shift that to next weather. So you get better Brock Purdy, right? Potentially Debo, maybe, maybe plays, maybe doesn't, but the two best teams at converting red zone appearances into touchdowns, literally the Lions and 49ers are one and two this season. So you're not going to have that same Packers issue where as much as like the Packers are fun outside of Aaron Jones, like everybody else is really young. You get tighter in the red zone as far as coverage and stuff is concerned. You don't guy that you necessarily like are convinced is going to score. The 49ers got or the Packers. Oh, I keep saying 49ers. The Packers got their touchdowns kind of from longer distance type of plays um, yeah. or, or mega short yardage, right? Like once it got like first and goal from the 10, it was like things got super tight for the Packers. The Lions are different 
You know, the Lions are different mm-hmm. from a from a conversion standpoint in the red zone. They're also c- different from an aggression standpoint. You don't need both yeah. to be going for it on fourth down and trying like fake punts and all this kind of stuff. You just need one of them to get a little loose. And that doesn't mean failures all the time. Sometimes that means extending drives, getting big plays out of a fake punt or a fourth down conversion, et cetera, et cetera. I think the game is going to be at the very least similarly um, efficient from an offensive perspective, only you're going to get better uh, offensive efficiency near the red zone, near the goal line, and you're going to get more aggressive play. And if maybe that aggressive play or the lack of aggression that everybody's, you know, obviously in you know, rightly so ripping Kyle Shanahan for last week, maybe if he gets 5% more aggressive, because he's, you know, because he sees Dan Campbell on the other side of the field, because he doesn't have to worry about Brock Purdy changing his glove in and out. Yeah. Because maybe he has Debo Samuel, maybe he doesn't. I think there's going to be a lot of scoring in this game. Definitely. Right? 50 and a half being the same total as it was last week for the Packers with, to me, a more efficient offense in the Lions, especially when it comes to converting, you know, touchdowns and having a more aggressive sort of style of play. Like, I think that bodes well for the same level of, you know, sort of ball movement or, you know, sort of yardage gaining that the Packers and 49ers had last week. At the very least, because by the way, it's also going to be way, way better weather conditions for such movement, right? So even mm-hmm. if Debo doesn't play, Jawan Jennings is going to be a little bit better. Ray Ray McLeod plays are going to work a little bit better. Because again, the Packers defense, you know, as much as they fired Joe Barry the very next day, you know, I still think that's probably a better group defensively, at least in the secondary, than uh, than the Lions have. And honestly, what if Brock Purdy throws that interception to... to um, Changes uh, everything. Savage, right? Like that blows the game up a little bit further too, right? Especially if it, you know, listen, the guy had a pick six the week before. He knows how to run with the football. If he runs that back and now all of a sudden the 49ers are down two scores in that game, like I think we go over there because I think that just out of like, you know, having to, Shanahan gets more aggressive. So mm-hmm. I kind of think he's forced into being more aggressive in this game. And so if you're going to give me the same, um, you know, total projection here, like a 27-24, a 31-24 type of game, like I think at the very least, because again, even if Debo doesn't play, if we go back and we look at the yards per play numbers for the 49ers, like it's still pretty good. And even without him last week in the rain with a pretty bad Brock Purdy, they still scored, you know, what, 27, 24 points or whatever it was, right? Like I think yeah. 49ers can get to 30, but I also think the Lions can make a run at 30 points as well. So, you know, I'm not that strong, certainly on the side, especially with it sitting here on seven. I obviously just gave you my take about what to do if and when it moves. But to me, the bet to make right now, because I think things can only kind of go up from here, if you know what I mean, from a total perspective, I think the number, I think the, the bet here is uh, is taking the number here uh, over 50 and a half. Uh, total points. Yeah, no, to me, I, I totally with you there. Totally understand. And I think too, the biggest thing is whatever's going on with Debo, like Shanahan's game planning for that. Like he knows right now, whether Debo's in or the likelihood of Debo, or even if Debo's playing, right? Like yeah. if Debo's playing and he's banged up, he's game planning that accordingly, right? Like they are running the plays be... without him right now, right? Like, yeah. Like, there's no surprise, right? Yeah. There's no surprise for Shanahan as he builds the game plan this week. But as you mentioned too, I'll pick up on what you said. I think you will see a better Brock Purdy. You will see more of him taking deep shots because he's more confident with, you know, gripping the ball, throwing the ball without the rain. So you will see those IUK plays, you know, that you didn't really see last week uh, against Green Bay. I do think as well, the big thing for me will be on defense. And I'm talking about the Niners being able to try to cover spreads. And one of the reasons why over the years, 
when I've thought about taking the Niners or have taken the Niners to cover bigger numbers, it's mostly based on their defense, right? Because their defense will get stops. I I've said this all year, so this is not like brand new. I don't really like this defense as much as the defenses of the past. And Steve Wilkes, we know it's been kind of up and down and they had the whole thing mid season where they're like, we got to bring them out of the booth and have them on the sidelines and all this stuff. And really for me, it's more so like, when are you blitzing? When are you not blitzing the pass rush? You know, Chase Young hasn't done much really since he's come over. It's so funny that like people were like, Oh, I can't believe the bears gave up so much more for sweat than 49ers gave up for young. It's like, well, sweat's good. Yeah. And young (laughs) is off. Yeah. So let's start there. Yeah. So that part's going to be really interesting to see what the Niners defense in front will be able to do to, uh, your man's Jared Goff and company. Cause I just think, you know, the Niners defense has that ability. And if the, the pass rush struggled because of the weather, because we obviously know, you know, your pass rush is going to struggle if you can, you know, run properly or, or cut yeah, properly, you're slipping. Yeah. you're slipping and sliding all over the place. Um, I'm interested to see that overall though. I'm, I'm laying, I'm laying the points here and Shanahan, I, I'm, I'm watching you Shanahan. I'll say that much. It's a, this uh, is like, because the other part about about Dan Campbell, right, that I think you know the speed he's going at, yeah. if you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. So that gives you also the ability to game plan for that stuff too. And I feel like that's the part I'm going to be really interested to see because Shanahan at this point too, you have to win this game. Right, like I'm talking oh, about yeah. Shanahan era, yeah. Lynch era. Like you've put your chips in the table. You're here. You're against the Lions, who you're, for lack of a better term, you're better than. So right, like good. I just yeah. feel like you're like this is you're your further time. along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're further along. Yes, yeah. and also as you mentioned, like if this isn't the year that you at least get back to the Super Bowl, like how many more chances are you gonna have keeping this team together? You know, mm. is Brock Purdy like really, really? your guy for the future future. You know what I mean? Like all of these things as your team is currently situated with your offense, with all these weapons, with like the ages of some of these guys too. Right. So this has to be your everything right here. If you're Shanahan, like there's no messing around. Here's what I'm saying. Right. Which is all like the case for them to win the game. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. None no, no, of no, it totally. necessarily. I'm talking about win. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, and that's win. the thing, yeah. right? And it's like it'd be a perfect, you know, sort of con- conceptually, it'd be a perfect teaser leg. There's just no other yeah. thing to tease it with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. We're just running around for looking sure. for second legs, and we don't have a second leg for this. Right? For sure, no, and definitely. So, you know, we, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention, right? Like the Detroit Lions' offensive line is arguably the best in the league, mm-hmm. and if you know, Chase Young isn't out there doing anything and they're getting gashed to the point of like five yards per carry by Aaron Jones last week. Yep. Like, you know, is David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs something you might be interested in, right? Like, right. it's like, you know, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want that if I'm the 49ers because it's like, we know what the Boses do, right? Like it's pass rush, pass rush, pass rush. Like maybe I'll consider, you know, stopping the run. And we know what Chase Young does, and it's not even the pass rush, and it's not the run, right? Like he's not. You even... can see what the Packers did last week, where they were chipping yeah. the edge every single time, getting the edge for their running back uh, last week, which was 
you know, obviously great game planning. I'm sure the Lions are watching that and saying, hmm, this yeah. might be a thing for our two stud running backs. Yeah. And, and so, listen, you know, I gave you sort of the caveat as far as like, you know, this, that or whatever, as far as, you know, if it goes to six and a half, seven and a half, whatever. But like at seven, like, honestly, I would just take the Lions, like if nothing changes, because, again, like we're we're asking in the NFC title game, which like it's easy to be like, oh, the Lions, like they're, they've never been here before, or haven't been here in like a lot of people's lifetimes. Like this isn't going to be the reason I started talking about the idea that like the NFC North and the lions in general are going to be sort of a problem going forward is there's a reasonable sort of, you know, argument to be made that like three years from now, one year from now, we're looking back at this and going, can you believe we got seven points with this lions team? And by the way, can you believe the lions are so good for the last three, four years, mm -hmm. you know, whichever you know, time frame we end up sort of going back and having this conversation, um, you know, based on the way they draft and the way they build their roster and all of this stuff. It's like, man, we might look back on this and being like, I can't believe we didn't take plus seven in an NFC title game, which like, if you make it to the conference championship, like, fluke season is over right like there are no Steelers there are no Texans there are no Bucks. you know honestly even the yes the Bucks. I was going to say the Packers but I felt even kind of you know mean about even using the Packers because listen they could have been in this game um with, you know with just a couple of you know I don't know a, a safety catching a pass hitting them right in the chest for example um or or a kicker making a kick um so yeah it's just like i just don't want to have to ask the four and listen they could win this game by you know three touchdowns a certain the ball bounces a certain way right like we know that going in but like the people who don't care for brock purdy they will cite the amount of turnover worthy throws that he makes mm -hmm. that he has gotten away with in his early career and we talked yeah. about sample size when we started this conversation and it's like if he keeps making these throws these guys are going to you know these opponents are going to catch these balls at a higher percentage to sort of level off you know get to sort of an average level of turnover rate which he should probably be sort of headed for here right and like you know horseshoes prayers whatever you sort of want to you know associate it with like he got away with one last week and he gets away with it a lot right and that's like that's in the numbers as far as turnover worthy throws that actually get converted into turnovers and it's just like if that's sitting there lurking at any given moment and you have obviously the sort of aggression versus like conservatism you know approach from each side it's just like i can't lay seven points with that i just i just can't no i totally got you totally understand it will be fun for sure but of course before that game on sunday we have the chiefs at the ravens and this you know is getting all the headlines obviously because you got the two star qbs in terms of the soon-to-be two-time mvp lamar jackson and patrick mahomes who is still patrick mahomes i like this matchup this matchup is going to be great but i also think that you know it's more for me anyways how i'm trying to like figure this game out is based on the defenses right and like whose defense has a better chance of slowing down the other guy and i say slowing down because really i think it'll come down to holding someone from a touchdown to a field goal right, right. like that's how i'm looking at this okay ravens favored by three and a half points and getting the extra half point it's like, I, I, I got to take the Chiefs here. I just think the, the tough thing about this, right, is that Patrick Mahomes, I've, I've had this thing and it sounds way too simplistic, but when you're telling me I'm getting points with Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, it's like I kind of trust him to keep it somewhat 
within reason. Like still the one of the greatest performances we've probably seen from Mahomes was when they lost the Super Bowl to the Bucks. Yeah. And my guy had no O-line. He's running for his life. They lost, but you're sitting there watching, like, okay, this guy is like he's it. He is that dude. I get Lamar might be that guy, but I gotta see it. I got I, I need to see it in this get get past Mahomes, get to the championship. Whereas Mahomes just like that game against the Bills. Mm. I almost I can't lie to you. I'm I'm, I'm gonna get deep into gambling here with you here for a second. <laughs> okay. Well, I was thinking, I was watching that game. I had a lot of different, you know, I had Chiefs plus the points. I had Chiefs money line. I had some parlays with the Lions. A lot of Chiefs action, we'll say. Well, and there were some Chief. points where I'm watching that game and I'm thinking, do I cash this out? Because the Bills seem to be getting all of these breaks right now. Right? Like pick one, whether it was Coleman or Mikel Hardman, pardon me, yeah. Mikel Hardman fumbling on the goal line, you know, Josh Allen's fumbles getting recovered, like Josh Allen just playing supreme, supreme hero ball. Like, I'm just like, this looks like the Bills are going to do this. And I almost cashed out. Yeah. Almost. Well, I was like, you know what? Let's just let this ride. Yeah. Never. And it was out. Mahomes. No, but the thing was, Mahomes yeah. was just like, not that he made it look easy, but sure. their offense was just scoring way too easily. Right. And it was just like, okay, I, I just, I have to trust this guy. And ultimately, you know, uh, I mean, he made the plays that his team needed him to make. Josh Allen just came up a little short. Stefan Diggs came up big short. Yeah. I, <laughs> that uh, makes sense. <laughs> man, yeah. We could do a while before we could we do a lot. We could do a lot there. Yeah. But my, my point overall is just like when I'm watching the, you know, the QB matchup and it's like hero ball needed from Josh Allen to make that game what it was hero ball. We're going to see it from Lamar Jackson in this one. And it's just like Mahomes, just whatever you need me to do, I'm able to do. And I trust in that guy and I'm getting Three and a half points. Yeah. It's a long way to go, but I'm just saying three and a half. I think I'm going to take that like every time with Patrick Mahomes. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. I mean, I would make the case that like, if, if, if you think you're sort of singular in that attitude, um, no, I definitely, don't. you know what I mean? Like, you know, you, you know, people are, people are on that vibe. You know, people are on that vibe. Like, I oh, think three and a half with with Patrick Mahomes. Like, I yeah. feel though that like a lot more people are on like the Ravens. Like, this is just their time. They're like the one of the greatest teams. Like, they're just this unstoppable force machine. Like, I feel like I'm hearing yeah. that more. Uh, I don't. I mean, listen, I don't know. Like, listen, everybody hears different things. You're watching different things. Sometimes it's within the context of betting. Sometimes it's not right. And obviously, like. You're referencing not you know you're referencing the hook right you're referencing that you're getting plus three and a half yes, yes, yeah yes, yes, yes. so like the Ravens could win this game and have all of those sort of Ravens dockers um, be be <laughs> sort of correct and you still win your bet right like so you know it, it's sort of hard to kind of like parse through it all but like the easiest thing to say the easiest case to make is like Patrick Mahomes plus three and a half like I'll take that every time and like what am I gonna say like Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes isn't very good like. He's amazing. <laughs> like so I guess um well okay, I mean let's start with the fact that um if this game is played Can I ask you a question to start? Sorry, go ahead. Can I ask you a question to start? Yeah, do it. So if last week, yeah. right, the Bills were favored by two and a half. Yeah. At home yeah. to the Chiefs. Yeah. 
And then now this week, the Ravens are favored by three and a half. Yeah. I don't understand how the Ravens are viewed as this like historically great team. And they're one point difference between what the Bills line was. The so, Bills are not that 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 team. Okay. So there's a couple of things, right? So one, and I know you know you were sort of saying this from like a, a media or sort of hearsay sort of standpoint. From a rating standpoint, which mm-hmm. you know, we talk about with the 49ers being like up over the 80s out of mm-hmm. hundred, right? The Ravens aren't rated as historically great. They're rated about 77 out of hundred, right? Which is mm-hmm. like Super Bowl can you know, it's, honestly, it's right where you'd be if you were the like the number one seed in a conference, right? Mm -hmm. It's probably where the 49ers should be from Mm -hmm. a rating standpoint, especially since, you know, as you know, the Ravens did beat them in San Francisco earlier this season. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, and you, okay, why is it a point? So with the rate, with the rating that the Ravens have at 77 out of a hundred, the line, if this game was played, you know, during the regular season, um, especially given obviously the struggles of the chiefs, this line would be four. Okay. So it's actually a little bit short relative to the regular season. You go, okay, mm-hmm. like why is it a little bit short? Well, I don't know, the interest in people in betting on Patrick Mahomes plus the points. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you mentioned like, and this is what we just talked about with regards to key numbers with seven. And he's saying, well, it's just one point, but it's not just one point. It's going from, it's going to, it's the difference between two and a half and three and a half. Mm-hmm. And so that's like, what, 10, 12% <laughs> of win probability shifting, mm-hmm. you know, hands there because of how frequently the Ravens or any team that's sort of favored around three wins by exactly three. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a big difference that, you know, two and a half to three and a half in the NFL is a massive difference from just a, a you know point spread victory a you know ats win problem mathematics i got yeah like if you're if you go from win to loss with a three-point game uh, you know with the favorite winning by three like you're taking 10 to 12 percent of win probability there so like that yeah so like that's going to be way more than sort of just the sort of one point this isn't five and a half to six and a half you know it honestly isn't even six and a half to seven and a half it is literally the most important cover Uh, you know, going across the key, the key number, right? So that's, mm-hmm. so those are sort of the two things. So, you know, you've seen this go, this line open three, uh, like three, again, like we said with the with the um, other game at six and a half, seven, this line, you know, open three to three and a half, meaning like you have to pay if you want minus three, you have to pay if you want plus three and a half. And over the course of the week, as the Ravens have gotten a better injury report, Mark Andrews, potentially Marlon Humphrey, right? Literally two of their best players on either side of the ball returning for this game. So the rich get richer type mm-hmm. situation. Um, you know, that's why this number has come not just on to three and a half, sort of pure but like is drifting now closer to four the number that we sort of project if this were a regular season game and so as much as people like like the idea of betting on Patrick Mahomes like that's kind of the only case right now is sort of the idea of Mahomes magic and so like that is going to manifest manifest itself where everybody feels a lot better about the Chiefs after two games because going into the playoffs and throughout the regular season when they're losing home games to the Raiders right everybody's like concerned about the Chiefs then they go and they play the Dolphins who were just suffocated by the cold, right? And like, yeah, the Chiefs offense like worked in the cold, but it like looked better because the other team's offense didn't work in the cold. And it was like, throw it to Kelsey, throw it to Rice. And then like, by the way, like, you know, Vic Fangio gets fired, <laughs> right? So like, there's some, you know, there's a little bit of smoke and fire situation here, right? Like the indicator of like, Mike Daniel didn't love the way that Vic Fangio, you know, sort of had that defense going. And even with all the sort of injuries that they had, he still wasn't able to save his job. That's how little 
they thought of Fangio's general performance over the course, especially towards the end of the season. And then you go to Buffalo and it's sort of easy to be like, well, this Buffalo team, and obviously you have Josh Allen and like the fake punt and like all of these sort of, you know, hot button topics. And by the way, like to come back as a diva wide receiver, like how great is that job? Because you just get to MF your quarterback whenever the ball isn't perfectly placed. And when it is perfectly placed and you can't come down with it, which is basically almost every playoff game of Stefan Diggs career, you just get to like, you know, sort of tap your chest and Josh Allen gets to sort of take a giant sigh and he can't run over and yell at you for being an idiot who can't catch the ball. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, as you would say, and then you wonder why he didn't throw it to you on the on the check down. Yeah, third and nine or whatever. Totally. Was when it third and nine or second and nine, whatever it was. Second it was. and nine. Which, by the way, like you've got a guy wide open in the end zone, and like you know what? You know who else could have like done his job? Deion Dawkins could have not gotten absolutely barrel rolled by Chris Jones into Josh Allen that Correct. forced that throw to be 95% of the distance that Josh Allen expected it to be because he had Chris Jones and Deion Dawkins a combined like 600 pounds of human <laughs> being knocking his left side of his body. So like, sorry, he didn't hit the wide open receiver in the end zone for the game leading touchdown. And if you want to tell me that they would have scored too early, I'm sorry, man, I'm going to take the four point lead. Of course, I'm going to take the four point lead with two yeah. minutes left because you know what? Maybe the Chiefs take a you know. First of all, it isn't a situation where they can just you know take the clock down and kick a field goal. It's they have to score a touchdown, which gets more complicated when it comes to the um, clock and whatnot. And by the way, the Chiefs may end up scoring too quickly in that situation, which what might allow, as we saw two years ago, the Bills to go back down the field and score with I don't know 13 seconds left. And in maybe that case, they actually squib the kick instead of just booting the ball and allowing the Chiefs to have decent enough field position to score on two plays, but we've gotten off track here a little bit. My point <laughs> in all of this was going to be like, okay, why was it so easy for the Chiefs? And you go and you look at the Bills defense that like, by the way, like wasn't particularly great all season long. No. We always kind of chalk that up to defensive injuries. And I don't think that was unfair necessarily, but like those things still piled up. They were playing AJ Klein in that game who mm. is like not even on the team essentially like he wasn't he didn't play in the race he wasn't on the team in the regular season because yeah. there were four linebackers already injured or he might have been their fourth guy but there were three linebackers and if you watch the key plays in that game you know who's in the mix all the time aj klein you know yeah. what he's not doing tackling travis kelsey on his touchdown or tackling isaiah pacheco as he's dragging humanity for an extra couple of yards i love that guy on essentially every run. And it's like, yeah, you know what? If AJ Klein plays for the Ravens this week, I'd probably like the Chiefs plus the points too. But you know who's playing for the Ravens this week? Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen are playing for the Ravens this week. It's not going to be as cozy of a situation for Pacheco to run the ball over and over and over again. Like, I don't know. I think the Chiefs punt this week <laughs> they only punted one time last week and by the way like their defense their vaunted defense like didn't really stop the bills no. right like at any point they didn't give up any huge plays like there were no explosive plays of 20 plus yards but it was a consistent like move the ball down the field situation by the way they would have given up an explosive play if Diggs had caught the ball if Sherfield had caught the ball right like it's just sometimes the guys have to make the catches. And when you're Correct. going up against a team like the Ravens, who are, you know, they're not all explosive plays, but when they get those explosive plays, they make them work because it's Jackson, you know, keeping the ball, getting free in the secondary. 
It's him finding, you know, receivers open because everybody's paying such attention to Lamar Jackson. And you can say that the Chiefs had that same situation last week where they had to keep their eye on Josh Allen. It's different. Yeah, Josh Allen's a problem because Josh Allen's going to run over your face. Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson's a problem because, like, he might go 50 yards, right? Like, if you're Mm -hmm. not, you know, if you're you're, you're too focused um, on the run game. And Chris Jones, you know, Tony Romo mentioned it at halftime, and then Chris Jones said it at the end of the game, right? Like, their run defense for the Chiefs, like, we need to stop this run, is the first thing that Chris Jones said in, like, the victory uh, interview after the game. And it's like, is that the thing that you want to have to tighten up before you go face the Ravens, going up against a team with a quarterback who not only, like, will keep it, especially come playoff time, where he keeps it more, and it's all that more dangerous, especially in the red zone. He went from five regular season rushing touchdowns to two in one game last week, right? Like yeah. he is going to keep it more, you know, which is what all we've ever asked of Lamar Jackson, by the way. Right. For sure. Like, just don't screw it. Like don't fumble. Don't get super loose with it. Don't get injured. Right. He did that during the regular season and it won him his second MVP or, you know, it looks like it's going to be the case. And no, no other quarterback opens up holes for his running backs the way that that Lamar Jackson does. And so if you think Josh Allen had something to do with, you know, the Bills being able to matriculate the ball on the ground all game long, like, wait till you see this, right? Mm-hmm. And by the way, you also have this Chiefs team that came in, you know, coming in from two playoff games uh, on, a, you know, a regular rest, you know, sort of six days of rest type day against a Ravens team that, A, we just mentioned getting healthier, has played one essential game, essentially one game, one real game in the last four weeks and has an extra day off going into this game. Mm-hmm. And by the way, is, of course, playing at home, right? And so it's like, yeah, I kind of get why this line is at least three and a half, too. And like, kind of feel like it should be closer to that four that we projected and maybe even higher because the circumstance for this game favors the Ravens so heavily, right? And, you know, in the regular season, we can talk ourselves. We talk about spots, teams that have played two or three straight road games, short week this, all of that, right? And it's like, it that all just goes away because it's a playoff game and because Patrick Mahomes is involved. Like, Patrick Mahomes, like, again, taking last week aside, you know, I mentioned, obviously, the Bills' defensive issues, right? The issue going into that game, why they were underdogs, is because there was concern because Patrick Mahomes had never played a home, you know, a game away from home in the playoffs. Like he'll try to tell you that Super Bowl against Tampa Bay was away from home. By the way, they got smoked in that in that Super Bowl. But like, again, I don't want this to sound like I'm trying to like besmirch the great name of Patrick Mahomes. I think he's amazing. My point is like all of the things about him that have been amazing up until this point, all have come at home, and then last week. Right. And it's like, I can punch holes in last week. And it isn't necessarily even about Mahomes. It's about a defense that I felt was disappointing when you and I talked about taking the Chiefs. And listen, we want to bet on the Chiefs. There's no reason for us to ha- like harbor ill will about mm-hmm. the Chiefs. But like, we talked about how like we thought the defense for the Chiefs was going to be the difference last week. And it just like, it wasn't. It was the fact that Travis Kelsey, you know, call it whatever you want, like turning back the clock or being just wide, uh, the Bills letting him be wide open. Yeah. You know, 20 whatever yards out. And not making the tackle by the goal line because they were starting a guy like who wasn't on the team three weeks ago um, at linebacker. Like none of that stuff applies to what the Chiefs are going to face this week. And so, like, yeah, if the game is close, I get it. I would want Patrick Mahomes too. I don't know that this game's going to be close though. Yeah, no, it's super interesting because I look at the way that um, the game against the Texans went, and you know really the Texans were lucky to have that game be 
a tie game at halftime, right? Hunter like it was in a short field, got them a field goal. Like that's yeah, yeah, scoring. yeah. No, totally. And a good they, de- and a good offense, third in the league yeah, yeah. in yards per play. Like this wasn't some dredge like Steelers mm. team who they just shut down. It was like rookie of the year, CJ Stroud, like a team that's you know yeah. cooking with gas. Yeah, like I'll be very honest. Like I just think that the reason the reason I'm on the Chiefs, and as I've said this, is just it's like I'm getting the three and a half points, and I know how crazy that sounds or how like uh chalk that sounds, so to speak. I just like to sit there and enjoy and watch what's gonna happen in this game because like you we're we're watching greatness. It's funny, you're talking to people and there's people who like you, oh, I'm tired of the Chiefs. There's too much Mahomes and obviously the Taylor Swift stuff, which is like, really, do you care that much about so, Taylor yeah. Swift cutaways? Like, that really Gotta makes like. you mad? Yeah, yeah, like, that really makes you that mad? Anyways, my point is, there's so much talk about that, and it's like, yo, sit back and appreciate the greatness of what we're going to watch right here. This is going to be a dope matchup. I, and that I, part's cool. And yeah. I just think that I see this game coming down, like, somehow, some way, this is going to be a close game. And you know I like my guy Spags. Spags, Spags got to be cooking something up. And I know that Lamar, and Lamar is beyond it, that, so to speak. He's beyond cooking. Yeah. Do you know beyond, what I mean? But like, yeah, I I love that challenge, right? I love that challenge for Andy Reid, for Mahomes, for like no matter what we've seen it time and time again, where somehow you know, so they figure something out to keep it close. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess I, I, I don't know. I put it this way. Like, if you like the Chiefs, like, just take the money line. Because yeah. if this game is within three points, if they have hung in or, you know, however you want mm-hmm. to sort of frame it, like, and this game comes down to the last drive, mm-hmm. um, I, 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 would, I would want Patrick Mahomes, too. Um, I just, I don't, you might I, not get there. I just don't think we're going to get there. And there's a couple of, you know, sort of a couple more points I want to make. One uh, the Chiefs were, I think, sixth. Or so, I'm gonna mess this up, but uh, let's say it was sixth in the league in first half scoring. Mm-hmm. They were 27th in the league in second half scoring yeah. this year. And like, by the way, like a lot of the scoring happened in the first half last week. Mm-hmm. If the Chiefs are gonna do this, they gotta do this. Like, they gotta Urgh. go. They gotta go now, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like a really tough thing to do. Like, you know, even you're a road team, it's like, okay, let's just hang in. Let's hang in. The crowd will settle down in the second half. Like, things will get tighter in the second half, and then we'll p- sort of push through. Like, the first half is usually the problem, right? For for yeah. a road team, and so like that's kind of a bad mix there. You know, in the Ravens hat, you can say the Ravens sort of struggled in the first half last week, but again, they hadn't played a real game in three weeks, right? So, yeah. like, if there was ever a half that you would want to kind of fade the Ravens conceptually, totally. it was the first half of the first game. And again, by the way, it took a punt return touchdown, something that in the NFL these days almost never happens. For it sure. took that for that game to not be 10 to 3 or maybe even worse at the half. And so the other element is like, we just talked about, you know, we're talking about Spags and the Chiefs. It's like, and I think you're sort of understanding it too. It's like, you can game plan for, you know, the Peyton Mannings of the world and like certainly the CJ Strouds of the world and even the Josh Allens of the world. Like it's read and react on the field when it comes to Lamar Jackson, right? And it's making tackles, et cetera, et cetera. The Chiefs are probably going to end up here with three starters out. And so we just did this with the Bills where it's like, if you start losing starters, things get problematic, right? So the Chiefs could be, you know, without uh, 
Naughty uh, in the uh, defensive tackle position, right? Sort of a run stuffer, which like uh, might be a guy who's important when you're getting Gus Edwards, you know, in the face all game long. Whenever Lamar doesn't decide to keep it, or Dalvin uh, Cook all of a sudden, or Dalvin Cook all of a sudden, like, what? Um, Willie Gay, you know, missed the game last week with a neck. I don't know that his neck. I got a sore neck right now. I don't know how long this is going to last. Um, so I, you know, I don't know that he's going to be like, all right, let's get into this game and like how long if he, if he plays, how long is that going to last? Uh, and then in Mike Edwards in the safety position, right? A position where like he, that position is responsible for tackling Lamar if he happens to get the edge, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just go, okay, there's three, there's three uh, potential injuries there. And by the way, like go take a look at the snap counts from last week in that game against the Bills. Chiefs had 50 offensive snaps. They, yeah. The defense was on the field for over 70 snaps. I think it was 77 snaps. It's insane. So again, 77 snaps on a short week where it's just like, all right, like, and now you're dealing with this team who, again, is getting a key piece back. And by the way, like, you kind of don't know where you're getting, you know, where you're getting it from when it comes, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned Dalvin Cook, right? As like a third running back. And like, he had some moments in that, you know, obviously late in that game after Gus Edwards kind of got banged up and, and they didn't need him to sort of close that game out. But like, even the the receivers, it's like, yeah, there's nobody who you're going to, you know, you're tripping over to like draft for your fantasy team next year. Like maybe Zay Flowers in his second season, but like Isaiah likely is still going to get snaps. And that sure. dude will like, he goes up and gets the ball. Like he yep. is a, he is something of a problem. He is probably the best number two tight end in the league. And then like Rashad Bateman's out here making plays. And it's like, yeah, I really wasn't ready for a big Rashad Bateman game. And like Nelson Aguilar doesn't get any respect in the betting market. He's had a touchdown for us last week at, you know, plus 550. He's plus 650 to score this week. <laughs> I mean, I mean, got to Odell Beckham who like had one catch for like 12 yards last week. And, like it wasn't needed in all of this, you know, mm-hmm. nonsense. So it's like, man, there's just a lot of dudes, like three running backs, six pass, pass catchers. And it's like, best of luck trying to come up with a game plan to defend that. When you can go against the Bills and be like, you know what, we're going to try our luck here, making sure that like Shakir doesn't beat us because we're going to double Stefan Diggs. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's such a yeah. different game plan, right? And it's like, Facts. this isn't, you know, Tom Brady, we need to pressure him up the middle. Like, let's load it all up. And, like, we've got, by the way, a historically good defensive line, and it's a Super Bowl, and this, that, or whatever, right? Like, these are the things that Spagnuolo has obviously kind of gotten his, uh, oh, God, I'm going to say it, his flowers for um, over the course of his career. But, like, the Chiefs do lose sometimes, you know? And sometimes yeah. they just go at home, and, like, this is just this, you know, it, you can say, like, last week going on the road, this is the toughest situation of his career. It is so much more difficult this week based on all the stuff that we've talked about. And like Chiefs almost lost that game and almost, you know, and and the annoying part when that game was going back and forth, you know, down, uh, up three, down four, up three, down four, is you're like, this game is a coin flip game, but we're not even going to get a push on three because if the Bills win, they're going to win this game by four points. At least that was, you know, right up until the point where they didn't convert, you know, a first down and had to kick that late field goal. So this is, I, I'll put it this way. Like we, the, Patrick Mahomes greatness is built on being great, but being great on neutral and home field. I don't think it required him to be great last week um, to win that game. Like I wasn't looking back going, looking at that game going like, you know, Patrick Mahomes is amazing. I was like, Patrick Mahomes is like dicing, honestly, a suspect defense up and which is like what he's supposed to do. Yeah. It's going to take an outland all i'll say i think it's going to take his like best performance of his career i agree with you win this i've I've said earlier this week like just in conversations about this game if patrick mahomes goes in and wins this game like he's the goat 
And people yeah, were like, what? You can't say that. He doesn't have the championship. He doesn't have whatever. And it's like, I don't think you're you're understanding. Like going into Baltimore to win this game with it's- this team, which like I'll say this to close like this, you know, portion of me being on the Chiefs. The most funny part about it is that we had the MVS game last week where he caught the passes. And that's, again, that's another thing where it's like, we're doing that's that hilarious. a second straight week. Like that right. can happen again. It's just like, I don't, man. Like, and, it, and it's worth mentioning, like, you know, and I don't just mean like, this will be the greatest accomplishment of his career as far as like winning a game that they shouldn't have won. That includes the coming Super Bowl if they do. The yeah, next yeah. game is easier than this. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Neutral totally. site against, and the point spreads will reflect that, but like neutral site against San Francisco or God help us, Detroit. <laughs> oh, for sure. Right? Is so but much like, in, in Vegas is so much easier than this game. Yeah, I, I like, I, I can't lie to you. I told you, I said from the beginning, there's no shame in my game. I'm very honest with where I'm at and where I'm lying. And if you're listening to this pod, you can tell I'm going to be on the Niners because I'm a Niners fan. I'm going to be on the Chiefs because i always been on the and Chiefs. And you said, you, you're like, we're going to go out of order we're going to talk about this you know we're going to you know we're going to talk about uh the whatever game first and whatever and then you're like by now you guys know where i'm going with this and this and the uh, and i hadn't looked or i don't know if the font was up for a second there i thought you were going to start with the chiefs game because <laughs> i thought i was like there is a better chance he likes the chiefs plus okay. three and a half yeah then he does his own team <laughs> minus seven you know what I mean? Like yeah, I could, yeah. I, I see in the world sure. a, a yeah, way yeah. in which you're like, well, I like the 49ers to win. I'm going to be cheering for them, but like seven's too many points. And like, I like the lions, but like, I was like, there's no way he's not taking the chiefs in this game. Like it was a hundred. You were taking the chiefs and it was like 72 that you were going to take. That's the fair. 49ers. That's so, fair. Yeah. I just want one request. I have one Congrats. request from Andy Reed. We don't need Miko no, Hardman in this game. We just don't need I mean, it. It's not a thing. Him. If he wants to run like laps, run suicides, get his yeah. cardio in, you know, running some, you know, running to clear out DBs and clear yeah, yeah. out of safety. Cool. Well, we're with that. But he doesn't need any touches in this game. He yeah. really doesn't. Totally. I know I heard Bill Simmons say this and normally you're like, oh, he's doing bit. But I sat there with my boy who could vouch for me when they handed the ball off to Miko Harmon. I had that moment where I was like, yo, he's going to fucking fumble, isn't he? I just swore. But that's the, uh-huh. that's the, like, in <laughs> the quoting. moment. I'm just like, you're why are we giving source. the ball to Miko Hardman? Source is you, but you were quoting a source. Yeah. No, but I, I was just like, <laughs> I was like, Pacheco is running with like his life on the line, like carrying yeah. the squad on his back. Yeah. You're on the goal line. It's like, you know what we're going to do? Here you go, B. Cole Hardman. Yeah. You've already fooled once in this game. Why not give it to you on going. the goal line? Like what is... <laughs> Outrageous. And honestly, like, okay, and, and if, they, if you want to, again, listen, we want, the cool thing about going 4-0 against the spread, uh, you know, one week is like you have a very sort of clear eye um, yeah. about everything where you don't have sort of like, you're not harboring anything. But like, Andy Reid, you know, same kind of deal with Shanahan, only like almost like the dead, you know, opposite where it's like, why do we got to get so loose? You know what I mean? And it's I you know like one person, I think, got the joke. But I was like, why run a jet sweep with McCall Hardman when you can just uh, do uh, run the option with Blake Bell and and <laughs> Clyde Edwards Alaire, Right. Because like that's the type of like dumb thing where it's like, let's snap it to Blake Bell and have him run the option to the right where he flips it to like Clyde Edwards Alaire. They'll never see that coming. And it's like, 
you know, you mentioned Pacheco, but it's like, by the way, like Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, like you got other options here, man. We don't need a jet sweep with Miko Harvin, who've already fumbled earlier in this game. Like, what are we doing? And so it's just like, okay, man, I, I, I don't, Andy Reid, it's been 20 years. And of course he's got the Super Bowl. And as we've talked about a million times with regards to getting, oh, Nick Sirianni got to a Super Bowl. Cool. Oh, this guy like won a Super Bowl. Cool. It's just like, that's the cool part about the, about the football season. Like it, they're so short. They're like the sample size is so small that guys can get to and win in this case, like multiple Super Bowls, and you still end up going like same old Andy Reid, right? Like not knowing how to use timeouts, not challenging things correctly. And in this iteration of Andy Reid, because like that was Andy Reid's like thing when he was going to NFC title games every year with the Eagles, where it's like this guy has not figured out how timeouts, the clock, or challenges work. And like that's like literally the three most important. That's why we talk about Dan Campbell being potentially a better head coach. H.C. than, you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan, O.C. So, you know, I just look and I go like, I don't want Kyle, have to ask Kyle Shanahan to be aggressive. And I don't want to ask Andy Reid to not do something dumb from like a play calling or like unnecessary from a play calling perspective. So, I mean, listen, it's a little bit different, obviously, because like Reid and and like you said, Mahomes, obviously an underdog. They don't, you know, they don't have to cover a big number. It's like there are too many other matchups for me to sort of like. And again, if the Chiefs win this game, man, like I'm probably on them in the Super Bowl because, you know, Listen, damn, nobody, right? Like, damn. Like, I think that's the point. Like, I'm just so like gaga over the fact of Mahomes. Like, you're, you've are you lost, what, three games in the playoffs in your career? One was the Super Bowl. The other is in overtime. Like, just what we're watching is what I'm saying is yeah. like. But again, those teams were better. Those offenses were better. Those offenses, <laughs> those offenses are definitely better. I of course. This, okay. Well, the yes, ask we, for the defense the is deep, better because it's against Lamar. Match but I'm saying hard. the defense yes. is better. Yes. Defense right? is, like the, is, but again, that's what we thought last week. And like, didn't look so great against the Bills. I think, I honestly think Josh Allen, like, you know, was on his best behavior. Josh, like, Josh Allen awesome. played like really, 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 really well. Josh Allen's awesome. Like, yeah, like like that touchdown he threw to Shakir was just like, wait, what? Like, how did that? I don't yeah. think like we watch football a lot, yeah. And there's things oh. that happen that we just accept as normal, and it's like, yeah. no, like you shouldn't be able to do that on the run, yeah, with that velocity in that spot yeah. while dodging a D lineman that's about to sack you, yeah. and you get that much on the throw. Like, yeah. Josh Allen was incredible, right? So it's yeah. like Lamar is gonna have to do the same. That's, that's the what thing. I don't know that that, but I don't know that that's true. I well, I think I think the game is that's easier. Why they play the game, and I love. <laughs> I think it. I think the game is easier for for Lamar this week than it was for Josh Allen last week because of the infrastructure and just and honestly, like you know, again, if if the Chiefs win this game, it's a historically great, uh, probably his best performance for Patrick Mahomes. If you want to say like historic slash, you know. Uh, best thing ever, and and you're giving me a choice to bet on it or against it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to bet against it, and I'm going to let like the historical, the <laughs> awesome thing beat me because like the reason it's historically yeah. awesome is because like it never happens. Yes, that is you know. So, <laughs> so it's like okay, man, like do it, like yeah, 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 yeah. just do it. Like listen, oh, it's not, sure. this isn't like the biggest bet in the history of time, but like there's two games left. One I've got a total on, which like mm-hmm. you can tell how like locked in I'm, you know, how, how into the points spread I am in that game. But like 
I could eat like how easy it is. I mean, go around, listen to other content providers, man. Like the people who don't put their stuff on paper every week that people have, you know, can judge in black and white that still sit there in, you know, the score feed for weeks on end. Like you can go back and you want to calculate the record, like you can do it, but tell you what, it's going to show up as 120 units mm-hmm. to the, to the good this season. Yeah. Right? Who else is doing that? Yeah. I could easily just say to you, Patrick Mahomes plus three and a half. He's getting points, blah, blah, blah. And when and if they don't cover that game, they lose by seven, 10, 15, 300. We could all just be like, oh, you know what? I got to take Patrick Mahomes, get points every time. And it's like this easy, like, loss, right? And like people make bets because the, the reverse is an easy loss to take. Like, if they don't blame themselves for the bet, they just go, like, well, I have to make that bet every time, like, blah, blah, blah. So it's like super easy to just be like Kansas City plus three and a half from my position. I but like I researched this stuff, man. Like I'm looking at this and like every sign outside of like Patrick Mahomes is amazing, which again, a lot of that was built with, you know, having Tyreek Hill available to him and like a much better sort of, you know, honestly, a much better season last year. Like they just weren't very good this season, like mm-hmm. relative to their standards. So like this is, you know, listen, the Chiefs are always going to be good. They're all, they're probably always going to win their division. Interesting that, you know, Chargers bring Jim Harbaugh and we'll see how sort of, if there's any kind of, you know, guard changing there, but the West, the AFC West certainly gets a lot more interesting. It's just like, there is some, you know, writing on the wall, especially with Travis Kelsey. I mean, 34 years old, like if he literally, he and Jason retired together this off season, would you be shocked? Nope. And if that opened the door to like, you know, by the way, like how many other awesome legendary quarterbacks that we have, have we seen that have just been on teams that were mediocre after the sort of initial surge, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Tom Brady did like two laps of like an initial surge and then like a dip and then another and like surge and then another dip towards the end of this time with New England. Right. Like a lot of these guys, like it doesn't have to be 13 and three every season. It doesn't mean that Patrick Mahomes is any less great. Right. But like when the roster around you shuffling specifically on offense starts to dip. And, you know, maybe they got one with Rishi, Rishi Rice. And, like, maybe that turns into sort of a top five receiver type situation for him. But, like, again, we got a tight end that's 34 years old that took, you know, took him like eight weeks before he caught a touchdown. Like, there's only so many years left. And it might be, might be zero. It might, you know, it might be one for Kelsey, right? Like, if you tell me he's on the team two years from now. So, like, you know, the Ravens, speaking of, like, they're on the, you know, this is, this is the start of their time. This might be the end of the Chiefs' time. Whereas the 49ers might be in the middle of their time and the very start of the Lions' time. I, you know, if that makes, you know, some sense. Yeah. No, I, I'm excited for both of these games. And yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm I heard, ready to watch both of these games. Like, I wish it was right now. Yeah, I heard people saying, like, uh, like it sucks that the Chiefs and the, and the Ravens are the first game as if, like, we're that sort of met, mentally, you know, incompetent that we can't, like we we the better game ha, you know has to be last because we can't possibly get ourselves up for the nfc championship <laughs> game later. it's like i'm sorry what was your alternative they were going to start this you know the the game in, in santa clara at three o'clock uh eastern they're gonna but start it at just noon like, <laughs> yeah like but also like why does that gonna happen matter? yeah oh, it's yeah, not I mean, like it's i also like, don't think like matter. the niners like, lions game is gonna be trash no i'm kind of more interested in that game than i am like this game like mm-hmm. i mean i'm sort of hoping to be honest with you that it's closer than this game is but mm-hmm. like i get from a branding perspective like why people would be more interested in this game but it's like i kind of think both are awesome and you know i you know as much as i say like seven is a really good point spread in that 
in the in the 49ers Lions game, it's like wouldn't be wouldn't be crazy if that game was more entertaining than Chiefs Ravens because honestly, I think it's gonna be a pretty low scoring game between the Chiefs and Ravens. Yeah, no, can't wait for this one. Can't wait for Sunday to. It can't just be here fast enough. So it will be super interesting to see what will happen. And we will obviously be back next week. Wait, no, we won't two be back weeks. next week. Yeah. Two weeks. We'll I could come, back. you know, we could, I could come live from Cancun and we could have a, we could have a just, just a chat, just a chat on the pod. Enjoy Cancun. Just talking just, about life, but no, just I'm not. lay out. Enjoy uh, Cancun. Yeah. I'm not enjoy, dialing man. in. Sorry. Enjoy so, that. Well, yeah, we'll see you in two weeks. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, in between now and then. Where can the good people find you, my dude? Yeah, well, I mean, literally in Cancun watching the AFC and NFC Championship game on Sunday. But they can yeah, find gonna, you there. Well, they'll find me at, yeah, <laughs> well, they could if they were weirdos. Um, <laughs> you know, they might be. Uh, at, that alone, yeah, well, my point was, I believe they had, <laughs> last I checked, they had the internet there. So, you know, we're going to be celebrating and commiserating on Sunday, nevertheless. Uh, on Twitter at Amros Authentic. And of course, everything that I write at the score, we've got two separate articles for each game. Got so many thoughts about the games um, in general, as you've heard from this hour long podcast, um, that they had to be separated from a prop, anytime touchdown, et cetera, article for each game. So four, four articles this week, uh, AFC and NFC championship preview, and then AFC and NFC uh, championship game props. And then of course, because again, we're not going to talk between now and then, just everything you'd ever want out of the Super Bowl week, not next week, week, but the week after. I think I'm on the hook for eight different Super Bowl prop betting and best bet articles. At least I think that's on my schedule. So yeah, plenty of content over at the score under the bet tab in the news uh, section over at the score. Sounds awesome, my dude. And you can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at shell alexander and on instagram at sheldon alexander where i will just be hoping and hoping and hoping that we can get one more week of mvs making catches you know maybe tony is healthy again and maybe he can make up and make one catch this weekend for patrick mahomes this season and you know then they scrap that in the super bowl against the niners and everybody's happy or at least i'm happy <laughs> yeah <laughs> one more week of chiefs catches and then that's it right no, yeah. everyone goes home happy. Yeah, sure. sure. Sounds good. Best of luck. <laughs> <laughs> One could hope, right? One could hope. I'll say this. I'll say this. And I, I'm being honest. I'm not even doing like bit right here. The Super Bowl that everyone always anticipates rarely happens in terms of like the Niners and Ravens making it. So I'm saying, hold on. Follow me for a second. Follow me for a second. Eagles chase. Follow me for a second. I just yeah. feel like one of these teams can lose. And I'm I'm saying that well, leaning good. towards yeah. I'm saying that knowing that like there's a probability that I'm leaning more on my team losing. Like I know that and I'm aware of that as I say it. So we will be back next or in two weeks to discuss that because you know I might need a week to recover if that makes sense. Um but yeah. As will I. Thanks, everyone, for tuning into the pod. Thank you for liking and subscribing. Wherever you get this pod, continue to send in your comments and questions to us on socials, all that fun stuff. Let us know who you got this weekend and why you think I'm wrong about so much. You know, I appreciate that. I really do. I enjoy it. No, no, no. I I, I enjoy the feedback. I, I like it. I like it. And as I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Clutch Picks Sports Betting Podcast. Coming to you every week, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, 
See ya.